Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Just Specialty Podcast. I'm your host, Iniron Benson. In this episode, I'll be talking to Dr. Kenneth Mubia, who is the User Engagement Manager at Digital Earth Africa. He's got a background in geospatial engineering and a PhD in GIS and remote sensing. He's got a vast experience working with different institutions like Google and S3. So we'll be talking about Digital Earth Africa, the platform and how you can start using it. Hi, Dr. Ken. Thank you for being here. I've been looking forward to this conversation. So we'll be talking about Digital Earth Africa or DE Africa and how it's translating satellite data into easy to consume information for the all of the African continent. But before you get started, could you tell us about your journey and your experience in how you got into Geospatial? Thank you very much for this opportunity to speak to our users across Africa. My name is Dr. Kenneth Ubea. I have a background in uh, Geospatial Engineering, uh, starting from a degree in Kenya and a master's program. Uh, Then I did my PhD in GIS and remote sensing from the University of Bonn in Germany, uh, thanks to a scholarship I got of the government, the German government. Then I've uh, been working uh, with the various uh, institutions. I uh, worked with Google, I uh, worked with Esri in East Africa. Uh, then I was in the university uh, helping up, setting up some programs in geospatial, two degree programs that I started with some colleagues. Uh, then I grew into, uh, went back to the NGO sector, uh, working with the uh, a NASA Savia project uh, at Regional Center of Mapping for Resources for Development in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, then from there, I joined the other program uh, with a global partnership for sustainable development in the UN Foundation. And uh, this gave me an opportunity now to be able to work for Digital Africa. Oh, that's, that's quite a journey. And it's really interesting to, you know, to see how far you've, you've come and what you're doing at Digital Earth Africa. So... Uh, Digital Ed Africa, you are the user engagement manager. What does that role involve? What do you do as the user engagement manager at Digital Ed Africa? As user engagement manager at Digital Ed Africa, uh, this means uh, working with various users across government, uh, civil society, academia, uh, to be able to make them aware of the DE Africa platform, uh, working with them to understand some of their needs, uh, working with different forums, uh, sharing our lessons from what we've learned, implementing the Africa platform, and and actually showcasing them what the Africa platform can do in terms of uh, addressing various issues in Africa. Uh, we've had this challenge of data, and now since we have this platform which provides analysis data, we are looking at various issues for security, issues of water, organization, forest cover, among many others. So. We normally uh, work with various users across various countries in Africa, uh, also conducting training, online training, which already have the material. And also every week we have a lively session every Wednesday at 11 a.m. GMT time. This is the Ghana man time. Yeah, that's that's an amazing work you do because I think it's really quite important, you know, to actually engage with, with people and to help them see how the platform can help them solve whatever problem they might have pertaining to, to Africa. And I think partnerships are also important to push, you know, the, the innovation and technology across to different different parts of, of Africa. 
So I believe that uh, Digital Ed Africa is the offshoot of the African Regional Data Cube. So before we you know talk deeper about Digital Ed Africa, do, would you mind telling us what the Africa Regional Data Cube is and how what role it plays? Digital Ed Africa uh, worked closely with the various uh, founding partners of the Africa Regional Data Cube. Uh, in that sense, uh, Africa Regional Data Cube was more of a, a pilot program to explore the to unlock the data uh, in the continent. However, it was based on five countries. These were namely Sierra Leone, Senegal, Ghana in West Africa, and Kenya and Tanzania in East Africa. So that was a partnership between the, the Global Partnership for Sustainable Development Data, uh, the group of observation of uh, GEO, and also we had the Committee of Earth Observation Satellites and NASA uh, working closely as a team. And our team at Geoscience Australia was also very keen on this program and the success of the Africa Regional Data Cube, which started in May 2018, uh, was a pilot to showcase that we can unlock this issue of analysis ready data for Africa. And Digital Art Africa came as a partner uh, thanks to Geoscience Australia and funding from the government of Australia and the Helmsley Trust that we need to unlock problems of Africa. Uh, so many countries asked why they were being left out in the Africa Regional Data Cube and BE Africa provided the solution and Digital Africa started sometime in the year 2020, uh, September early last year. And due to COVID uh, pandemic, uh, we've been continuing running the program virtually connecting our users everywhere in Africa. And we've borrowed all the partnerships from the Africa Regional Cube that we are still working with those partners, even colleagues from NASA. And also now we are working with implementing partners based in Africa, from partners from uh, the Observation Sahel in Tunisia, uh, the Center for Ecology in uh, Senegal. Uh, we're working also with Agrimet in Niger. Uh, we are also working with the Regional Center for Mapping uh, in Nairobi, covering East and Southern Africa. And also we are working with the Space uh, South Africa Space Agency. So we are doing our best to cover more of the continent and also with the, the viewers in the call, be able to reach out to more users. That's quite interesting that you know, no country is now left behind. And I think you talked about um, the fact that Digital Edge Africa solved the problem of, you know, leaving no one behind because uh, the region that occupies like, with a few countries, but now to solve that problem, digital at Africa was, uh, you know, created. So let's now talk more about digital at Africa and why it was, you know, it was brought up. So what is digital at Africa and what was the, you know, the reason for putting it up? Yes, thank you very much. Uh, digital at Africa was set up to address the challenge of data. Uh, looking at Africa, uh, looking at various remote sensing experts. Uh, we have the challenge where we have to look for data download from various sources and then use a desktop software and gives us the challenge of collaboration. Now with DE Africa, we are providing analysis really data on the fly, uh, on the cloud, uh, unlocking the promise of data, which uh, most people have been lacking data. Uh, using this data to address various issues in terms of sustainable development, 
uh, working with various governments, uh, addressing issues of agriculture, food security, uh, water issues, uh, urbanization, uh, forest cover, uh, mangroves, and all this is more of uh, moving from the comfort zone of working in our silos and looking at ways of collaborating with other countries and other partners. Uh, looking at the resources in Africa, we have uh, resources which cross boundaries. I could look at, uh, uh, for example, like Volta, it's in Ghana, shared with Burkina Faso. So looking at this cross boundary uh, data, you know, issues require a big platform like Big Africa, where you just uh, access the data on the cloud, where we are very grateful for the Amazon Web Service support. Everything is accessed and analysis ready is there and everyone is there to contribute. Uh, the key opportunity here is that the uh, DA Africa relies on champions like our listeners. Uh, you understand the problem where you are. For example, if you come from Niger, you understand more about the Chad. Uh, you come from uh, Senegal, you understand more about the mangroves on your coast. Uh, you come from uh, Zanzibar, Tanzania, you understand more about the issues around there. So it's more about the users being our champions, uh, where we provide now even the online training platform. Uh, we're providing also weekly sessions to capture more information. Uh, we are very much accessible on an email at training at digitalartafrica.org, at Twitter. Uh, so we are really unlocking the promise for tomorrow where you can actually use the data to actually do more and more of your work. And since I could assume most of our listeners are very young people in their various careers, they can actually look at the platform and see how they can improve their projects or even it's their research, uh, try to make something out of this platform because it's here for us to take advantage. The mission is to provide this data. Uh, it's openly accessible to all and it's free available uh, analysis ready data to support the various decision-making activities in Africa and various institutions and working with a variety of communities in Africa so that uh, we actually think about uh, a connected Africa where everyone is doing something together. That's really interesting. It's, it's good to know that Digital Earth Africa is solving the problem of data and uh, unlocking the, the promise of tomorrow by providing this data and that this data is accessible and freely available for all. And even anyone can use that to improve their projects. And I think that's really great. I'm going to um, add links to the show notes so that anyone can access that if they want to reach out to DEA. Something else I would like to know is what are the different kind of data that are available on Digital Earth Africa and what are the data sources? Yes, uh, Digital Earth Africa, uh, we've partnered various partners like uh, the US Geological Service where we're able to access the Landsat data archive, Landsat 5, 7, and 8, uh, which is hosted on the Amazon Web Service. Uh, we also have the partnership with the European Space Agency uh, to be able to provide the Sentinel-2 uh, for the whole continent. And also we are having plans of uh, uh, releasing the Sentinel-1 data for radar. As we know, we have a lot of cloud cover in Africa. Uh, this will happen in a few weeks from now. It's great to hear that uh, Digital Earth Africa is creating these partnerships to make the data available for, for Africa. But how long does it take for the data to become available on Digital Earth Africa once they have been captured and released by the different providers? For example, say the data was released today. How long would it take for me to find that same data on Digital Earth Africa? Um, 
Digital Earth Africa is working closely with the data providers. And now that everything is moved to the Amazon Web Service, uh, the question of uh, how long it takes is no longer a problem. Uh, once it's provided to the providers and updated on the cloud, it's available as soon as it's possible. So for instance, you can look at Sentinel-2 data, uh, which is, uh, we have it every, at least two, twice, twice a month. So once it's there, it's updated on the archive. And also with the best part with Sentinel-2, we have the, the part A and B. So it means at least uh, in a week's time, we have coverage for most parts of Africa. Uh, so it means the question of data availability is a question of the past for users in Africa. So how does Digital Earth Africa store and manage this huge amount of data, petabytes of data? Yes, Digital Earth Africa is working closely with the Amazon Web Service uh, to make sure all the data is updated and is on the cloud. Uh, the best part about the Amazon Web Service is that they have moved all the data to Cape Town in South Africa, where now it's closer to us in Africa. And they have a big team uh, whom we work with closely to make sure we are supporting any downtimes. So the data is available for us and it will be available for us for a long while and we are, we are all connected as one. So let's talk about access. Uh, so I'm so excited right now and I want to go try it and see what I can do with Digital Africa. What are the processes involved in getting started using a platform? Do, do I have to send maybe a request or a site I could go to sign up and start using the platform and the data? Uh, the Digital Africa is here to stay and its access is open to all. Uh, what you need to do is visit our website at digitalafrica.org and you go to the tab of the platform and resources. And you'll be able to see more about this platform in terms of how you can access the Digital Earth Africa map viewer for any users to view, policymaker, government, academia, we also have a sandbox which allows for more additional uh, competition for uh, young programmers, young enthusiasts, or even us who are there. And in this section, there are even some tutorials on how to access. And registration to this is just requires an email and is so free. And we also have some examples of notebooks that you can actually look at and start working on based on the examples of the real world and frequently used code. And also we're having a very good partnership with ESRI uh, in support of the Africa Geoportal that all the data sets in Digital Earth Africa can also be connected through Africa Geoportal. So uh, we are unlocking the issue of data access as well as data interoperability that even if you're working with your QGIS uh, software in your office, you can connect the data sets through an API. So that is access is there and also there's a channel on how we can continue to communicate with you and also we're looking forward for more registrations from this uh, podcast. It is great to, to know that it's that easy to get started with Digital Earth Africa and that you can access it on Africa Joe Portal and I believe that most people in Joe Special in Africa are familiar with Africa Joe Portal especially if they're using the S3 software and another key thing you did mention is the ability to consume so to speak, the data on QGIS using an API, I think that is huge. I think that's because it also gives access to people or using open source software. Yeah, I think that's, that's really great. 
for the fact that the data is open itself and, and giving um you know plugging it in with open source software i think that's that's a that's a great thing since the platform holds raster data is it possible to bring an external data say a vector data for example to enhance my analysis or say i want to clip out the area i want to work with if that's the case what a format could be supported and secondly so i'm done with my analysis and i'm finish my work in the platform do i save my resources platform and share the link or is there a way to export this data and to what other different formats can i export the data and share with people or save to my computer yes uh, digital Earth africa platform provides for connection with external data this could be vector files share files for certain areas that you're working on this is very much possible the digital Earth platform uh, provides for export of data for example a, a json file ML file or shape file. And the best part is that you can also export a GIF file like an animation. Uh, this animation could be showing changes in Lake Walter over time. And this is something you can even share on WhatsApp or a group forum. So you need to look beyond the traditional forms of GIS uh, files and try to make more, more use of animation for easy understanding to many people. For example, you could be sharing this with your colleagues in a municipal county or in a different state, federal state somewhere in Nigeria. So if you're able to present it in a GIF file, uh, even sitting down with the community to explain, uh, an animation creates more sense of uh, we minimize these uh, uh, understanding of data to be more understandable uh, and also getting the input from the people that you're sharing the data with so that you can improve your analysis. So this is more of a collaborative uh, kind of uh, sharing. You did mention that the data available on digital at Africa is analysis ready. Now I wouldn't, you know, to, to actually ask what that means and how digital at Africa does that. But normally in, in the traditional sense, right? So if someone wanted to carry out analysis and, and imagery, they would have to first try to find the data they need, maybe probably from different uh, sources, you know, they have to source for the data and download it. And then th they get that on the computer, which, you know, takes up some space. And then they need to worry about, uh, you know, making the data clean or making analysis ready, as you did mention, uh, probably carry out your processing to, you know, clean up the data. Maybe it has cloud cover and all of that. Now, the question is, how does digital earth africa you know solve that problem uh, to make the data analysis ready and what does it mean for for the data to be analysis ready uh, digital earth africa uh, has been working with various partners um one to mention is the committee of art observation asset uh, this is a committee of space agencies who've come together and uh, given the metadata to the analysis ready data so that traditionally where uh, you could actually have to go to the USGS website, download data, and process it on your remote sensing software. The analysis data now has addressed the issue of uh, all the metadata is there. All the metadata is also available on the Sentinel-1 and Sentinel-2 data, thanks to the partnership with the European Space Agency as part of being the CEOs. So uh, analysis-ready format means that we provide this data on the cloud. It can be accessed anytime. And whenever it's added, it meets those thresholds of metadata. So we've minimized the access to the data, which will be 70, 80% of your task for any person doing some work. 
Then on the other part, on the cloud-free data, is that we have some settings that you can put when you query the data, and you can get at least almost cloud-free data, 95%. Uh, however, the challenge of data depends on the, the time of the year. For example, in the middle of the year in West Africa, it can be a little bit cloudy because of the rainy seasons in April. So we are now uh, working with the European Space Agency to provide the Sentinel-1 data, which Data data which will unlock some of the challenges in the data uh, cloud cover. Uh, this will be possible, but then also we've developed this uh, product called Geomat uh, based on the analysis on Sentinel 2 data for the whole continent for the three years uh, from the year 2017 to 2020, where it provides a cloud free mosaic that you can actually query for a, any particular year. So based on those three years, uh, we can look at somewhere in Ife, in Nigeria, like you can look at some features, uh, some uh, uh, canals which have been there, or some lakes, and try to see why they've been changing. So at 10 meter resolution, this can be a very useful product, and we are, we are receiving more feedbacks. You can provide this geomad as a more updated product uh, based on the feedback from the users. Yeah, that's not interesting one there, the, the geomad. Uh, I did see images of the Jomad on Twitter. I think it's a nice product. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to see how it's going to help. So previously, you did mention some aspects of Digital Earth Africa, like uh, the map viewer, the sandbox. So would you mind taking us through these different aspects again more in-depthly and you know, tell us how they fit into the whole scheme of things and the functions? Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, Digital Earth Africa is accessible through uh, these three platforms. The Africa Map, uh, which is a web-based program where you can access data and visualize it without even downloading for the whole continent, and gives you access to the whole uh, uh, analysis-ready data, the Sentinel and the Landsat, and also give you access to the water observation from space for the whole continent, which gives you an overview of how the various features have changed, where there's water, where there's no water, and also there's a guide on the same. Uh, then also we have the sandbox, which is more for uh, developers and GIS experts who want to explore more with the various tools that we have. All the notebooks and the algorithms we have are available on GitHub, so you can actually look at them, look at the metadata and how they are developed. And also you can also propose your own uh, algorithms and you can actually use it. So the beauty about the collaboration is that you can start using, looking at the various folders, uh, data sets, uh, frequently used code, real world examples. So from those examples, you can look at the water extent, we can look at uh, vegetation change uh, for agriculture. Uh, you can also look at vegetation change for forest deforestation. Uh, you can look at various opportunities like creating an animation of an urban change over time. For example, city of Lagos, time how has this changed? And also, we have uh, access to these notebooks, as I mentioned on GitHub. We can share with anyone and collaborate. And also, we have these partners with various ISRI where you can access our data on the geo portal. So, also, we have the, the Africa Metadata Explorer, which gives you access to see which kind of data sets that we have. Uh, we are also adding more on the Sentinel One. Yeah, we are adding more. Uh, uh, radar data sets from ALOS. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to collaborate as well as we are growing the community over, over sharing collaboration on Slack. 
So we have to, the agenda here is to make sure everyone is included, everyone is left behind in this big uh, opportunity. I think there's a really cool component. Uh, you did mention the, the map viewer where someone can just, you know, add data and view around, and, you know, just to, to understand the data they want to use before uh, jumping into the analysis. And you did mention the, the notebooks and the algorithm that are available on GitHub, which is good. Between is really open to anyone and the sandbox where these codes could be run and tested. And users who are familiar with, with this can also improve the code and, and see how they can tailor it down to their own needs and probably share it back with, you know, with the community. And I think it's, it's really great. So all of this is really amazing and quite interesting. And just talking to you about it is, is really nice. And I think it's also a little bit overwhelming, right? But but I think the good news is like yeah I think you did mention something about the training which is really good because I think it helps people to you know get started with the platform and probably onboard them uh, into the platform and they can start using it. So the question is how does someone get started with the training? Could you tell us more about the training, how it's scheduled, and how you know someone can can get started? Digital Art Africa provides the the link, the online materials. Uh, once you visit digitalartafrica.org. Uh, there's a section on platform platform and resources and more specifically is a link that up to the training and help uh here you'll be able to see how you can start uh, your online training and once you click on this try start the training program you'll see there's a new tab which opens which gives you access to a, a six-week modular program uh, which you can finish even in a day and the content is available in english as well as french so gives this a very good opportunity for us to start collaborating with you and start developing very good use cases for us so that we can be able to share this with other users in Africa. Uh, the users that have been able to go through the training of 100 participants, some of them have been very enthusiastic to develop some blog articles with us, uh, like also when you go to blog activities, the Africa blog, uh, looking at the various examples from mangroves, engagement with policy makers, et cetera, et cetera. And I believe the, the, the various uh, persons in this podcast will be able to start uh, this endeavor. Yes, sure, definitely. I hope that the, the listeners will take on the challenge to you know, go on the platform and you know, start using that and you know, see what amazing things and that they can come up with. And I think it's interesting that the training is in at least two languages. And since the idea is not to leave anyone behind, I think this is a step in the right direction. I believe that Digital Earth Africa has a blog that, you know, shares you use cases and the use of Digital Earth Africa. So would you mind sharing that with us? Maybe some that you find interesting and something you can share. I think the listeners would also want to see how people are using this to, to do amazing things. So, so could you share that with us? Uh, Digital Earth Africa uh, is working with everyone. Uh, working people government, uh, academia, society, and various users of, uh, like some who worked on a use case in agriculture, like uh, Stephen Corey in Kenya, uh, where he was looking at uh, sugar farming in Western Kenya. Uh, then we've been working with uh, Stella Mutai uh, covering uh, coffee farming in Kenya. Uh, then we've been also working with a colleague from National Bureau of Statistics, uh, showing the changes in vegetation in the western part of Tanzania. Uh, we're also working with uh, colleagues in Senegal to look at some 
aspects of mangroves. Uh, but the best part about these various users and use cases is that uh, I would like to highlight uh, working with uh, Madam Karia in Zanzibar, where she's a lecturer at the State University of Zanzibar. And she's been able to go through the training. Uh, she developed a use case on uh, mangroves in Zanzibar. And as part of her time and as part of the growing the users in Africa, she's been able to, do, to introduce the program to her students. Around 80 students were introduced and uh, they have a WhatsApp group where they communicate. And as part of this number of users, at least uh, a quarter of them have received their certificates. So it means the students have gone beyond their training curriculum and used the extra time to learn more something about the latest technology in Africa. And that gives you an, a, a view that uh, where you target various people from different institutions. If you work now closely with the young people, you'll be able to grow the leaders of tomorrow as we look at the African Union Agenda 2063, uh, looking at the Sustainable Development Goals, and also looking at the National Development Agendas of these 54 countries in Africa. So that could be where we look at uh, various users, either you in academia, so that is the case of career, uh, looking at someone in Madagascar, uh, trying to address an issue, and also looking at uh, some colleagues from different institutions. Also, as I talk about the use cases, is that we have implementing partners in Africa, including uh, Afrigist in Nigeria, uh, the best in Ife. So they have their priorities for the region. Uh, we also have implementing partner uh, with agreement where they're looking at uh, ECOWAS region, where they serve at least 12 member states. Uh, we're also looking at uh, working with the Center for Surveillance and Ecology in Senegal, where they have issues they address in their region. Uh, we're also working with the Observation Sahal in Tunisia, where they have member states who run more than 10 members, 10 countries. Uh, we're also working with the Regional Center for MAPI, where they have 20 member states from East to South Africa, and also working with the uh, South African Space Agency. So looking at the implementing partners we are working with, we are actually now trying to grow the number of users and also move with the priorities of the various members and persons so that once we engage with you, we'll be able to see what kind of, what is your priority for you, what the notebooks require, what data do you really need, and what algorithms can actually we work together with you to develop or to refine to make sure we develop uh, uh, make informed decisions for the Africa we want. Those are really interesting use cases. And I think you did mention that you engage with the partners and users so that you can know what they want and then develop or redefine the platform to meet these needs. And I think that's always key to, to know your your users and to help see how you can make the platform better for these users. So finally, not in any way the, the list of you know, the questions, what do you think is the future of ad observation and just special in Africa? I mean, given that uh, digital at Africa is in a scene. From the digital at Africa perspective is that art observation is very critical for decision-making in our countries, as well as our regional bodies in Africa towards the sustainable management of resources. So this means that uh, countries have to start to embrace the use of art observation to be able to address more issues in the economies terms of the management of agriculture, food security, water, urbanization, coastal ecosystems, forests, land integration, and so on and so on. So the Africa is here to help sure the continent is able to 
attain this uh, Pan-African vision of an integrated, uh, prosperous and peaceful Africa, as outlined by the African Union Commission on the Africa we all want. Thank you so much, Dr. Ken. So um, do you maybe have any uh, closing remarks that you might you know, want to share with the listeners? My concluding remarks, I wish to see uh, an Africa where everyone is able to embrace uh, art observation as a tool uh, for decision-making. And also, more so, is that uh, most people tend to work uh, in silos or on their own, which means that uh, looking at the an old proverb in Africa would say that if you move alone, you can actually move very fast, but you don't know which direction you're going to. However, if we all work together, we'll be able to move further. The future of path observation now is bright. Uh, there are many organizations now in Africa. This, this digital earth in Africa as a new platform that you can take advantage and start using today. And this will eliminate the barriers that you've had in your questions about where is the data, the data is here with you. Uh, how can you get, uh, how can you use this platform to inform your local municipal, local authority, or even your university professors? How can you engage with other people? You can use the platform and actually uh, share results, uh, develop a blog, or even develop a concept notes based on what you see. Uh, like one of my former students was able to go through the training materials and received the certificate and uh, she was able to apply for a farming by satellite prize by the European Union and she got a prize. So it means that uh, as young people now, it's time that we should look uh, beyond and add some extra effort to learn these new tools like in math observation, namely the Africa take advantage of the technology, uh, use some free time that you have and you have access to the internet, uh, start looking at the, what you can actually do uh, with this for yourself. So looking at this uh, 10 or 20 years ago, it was a little bit different because then there was no information. Uh, the internet was not there. Even communication with the various people on phone. So it could mean that before you submitted even your proposal or your thesis to your professor, it took you some time or even took longer. So it means now with internet connectivity, uh, the platform like DE Africa, you can actually, uh, your research be much more easier and gives you an opportunity to save time on your research and do more info, uh, gathering of information like reference data and collaboration. So the key message here is taking advantage of the platform, uh, able to collaborate with other folks, people around across the continent, uh, you might uh, talk with someone from a different country, for example, in the like in Madagascar, they'll tell you about the ecosystem. You talk with someone in Senegal, they'll tell you how things are done differently. And from there, you can actually see there are some common issues that we have, like forest cover, water issues. So these are issues we can actually work together collaboratively. So this is a platform for us to collaborate and actually make the Africa we want because as a young people, you are the ambassadors of this uh, technology the various institutions that you will be working or you're already working. Or you can use, also use the certificate to get something uh, out of yourself, like even help even becoming much better when you're being employed or even talking to prospectors, uh, prospecting employers. And now since now we have startups, you can use the ideas around the platform to see how you can generate your own ideas. So the future is here and it's bright. 
thank you once again for being here and uh, sharing your experience with us and also introducing us to Digital Earth Africa. I'm sure you should expect uh, you know, new users to, to come on the platforms and uh, and also uh, great uh, use cases. So how can someone uh, reach out to Digital Earth Africa or contact you? What social media platforms are you on that you know, someone can you know easily reach out to you? Uh, you can reach us at Digital Earth Africa uh, via the website, digitalartafrica.org. Look at the various platforms. You can also reach us on Twitter, uh, Africa. You can also contact me on the either on Twitter as my Twitter handle or LinkedIn or even via my email. And then we start discussing because we need to remove barriers of access to this information. Uh, this information is already here with us, so we just need to connect and start working something together with you. Okay, thank you. I'll sure add these uh, links to the show notes so they can get access. Thank you once again for being here and uh, sharing your experience with us. No problem. Thank you for listening to this episode of the, the podcast. Uh, I hope you did enjoy the conversation with Dr. Ken. So the key takeaway uh, in this conversation with Standicho at Africa is... Here to stay it's an amazing platform that you can use the access is open and it's free and you can find the data on african job portal if you're using logins and qgis you can also consume or get the data using an api which is available on your website and another thing to mention is that this training which you can attend which is going to help you get onboarded on the platform so that you can start using the data and start doing all the nice things. The sandbox is there to test out your code. They have a lot of notebooks which you can look at. Um, if you haven't used Digital Africa before, this would be a great time to try and get on the platform and use it and share your feedback uh, with uh, Digital Air Africa or Dr. Ken. And I'll be you know, delighted to, to hear from you as well. See you next time. Don't forget to, to subscribe and share uh, the podcast with your friends.